Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> this is Trisha. And I am Evangelist Lori Ann, and we are just kicking, kicking it, it with Jesus. Jesus. Sounding like frogs. Yep. So I just wanted to throw it out there that we are both sick. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about <clears throat> what do we do? Do we keep the keep going with the podcast right now or not? And we're like, well, we're both sick, so we can't get any sicker. Amen. Right? So you know. By the time our listeners hear this, it'll be the couple days before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So tonight we're going to record a few, so the next two episodes we're going to sound like frogs. Yep. So it is what it is. But we have some good, exciting things to talk about. Absolutely. Don't we always? I mean, it depends on who you ask. (laughs) True. Just look at the Facebook page. Anyway, so I've said this on the podcast before, and I'm going to say it again. That And you say, don't call it that. Don't say that. But I like to play this game <laughs> that I call Bible Roulette. <laughs> yeah. So a couple days ago, I flipped open to, I think it's like Matthew, I don't know, 16 or something like that. I believe it was. Matthew 16, and it talks about pick up your cross. Mm. Then whatever, four days later... Because I don't do Bible roulette every day. Every day I'm reading, I just, some days I'm just like, oh, I'm going to just open the Bible and see what it, where we come to. Then next time I did it, so I did it a couple days ago, Matthew 16. Then four days after that, I did it again. And then I opened to Mark 8, verses 34. I'm like, are you kidding me, Jesus? What are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. Right? And in between that time, I had watched a TikTok of this young man explaining Mm. pick up your cross and follow me and I'm like oh my gosh so if you don't know what it mark 8 verse 34 is I'm gonna read it to you Mm -hmm. it says summoning the crowd summoning the crowd along with his disciples he said to them if anyone wants to be my follower he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it But whoever loses his life because of me in the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his life? And I just want to read this other version of the Bible of it because I love the way it's said. I've never even heard of the easy version Bible. I've never heard that until this kid had said it on TikTok. And it's out of the easy version, E-R-V. This This is out of Matthew 16, though. Same thing. Talking about the same thing. It says, Then Jesus said to his followers, verse 24, If any of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. Mm -hmm. Like, I never thought about pick up your cross and follow me in that way. I don't know why in my mind I always thought about it as, this might sound stupid or weird, but this is just what I've always thought it as, like my baggage, pick up my my baggage that I have and follow Jesus. I think the world in and of itself, when I think every person that ends up coming to Jesus, I think we, we all think that until God goes... <laughs> 
and aligns us into, you know, remember the word says that this is alive. Right. And so you're always learning no matter how long you've been saved for. You can read something a thousand times and a thousand and one. Right. You're like, oh my gosh. You have like this brain fart that just cleared like you, you know. And I like what he said in one of the things. The cross represents the journey we have with Christ, which is exactly what that version says. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. Mm. And the other thing that is extremely like another thing he said was. It's only when you deny yourself can you feel the weight of the cross that God has ordained for you. Mm. So the weight of the cross equals like the weight of the journey. So it's only when you deny yourself, deny who you are, like what you are, what you want. Because that's, you know, I don't know why, but what I keep feeling Jesus say is self. It's self. Everybody is about self, not about (coughs) me. And it's really, you know, it is between Jesus and Satan, but it's between Jesus and self. And there's only two people. I mean, there's only two ways that you can go, either Jesus or yourself, which is Satan. You're really choosing Satan over it. But, you know, as you were reading it, um, 34... It continues to say, what good is it if you gain the whole world and you lose your very soul? Right. You know, the crazy thing is, I think Jesus, and you know, you don't know this, but Saturday, God started to speak to me about what he wanted me to speak on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon service. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, this is what Jesus said. And it, it when I tell you it woke me up like to the point where I got up out of bed, because it, it became such a reality. So here God's talking to you about carrying your cross, and God is talking to me about gaining the whole... It, he said... And I I said it to my church, or God's church. What good is it for you to to give your children everything that they want Mm. and never giving them the reality of your life, them seeing Jesus? Right. You can tell them till you're blue in the face, but if their reality... Is you're saying one thing but living another? Right. That's exactly how they're going to do it. Do you know what I mean? I do, 100%. And I said that in service. And I just said, you're going to give your child the best sneakers. You're going to give your child the best um, gaming for Christmas. This is what you're going to take out a loan to buy your child And the one thing that they need, need, you lack. Right. You know, that's funny that you say that because 
I have a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, and she just keeps saying, I can't wait till Christmas. I can't wait to get Christmas presents. So today I, she said it, and I was like, but Christmas isn't about presents, though, right? <clears throat> She's like, no. I said, what's it about? She says, it's about Jesus. <laughs> I was like, I was shocked that she said that because... I mean, I do tell her, but I don't say it all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we do talk about Jesus because I want that to be instilled in her. Right. That even Easter, like why do we celebrate Easter? We don't celebrate Easter to get Easter baskets or to go Easter egg hunting or to see the Easter bunny. We celebrate Easter because a bunch of bad people killed Jesus. Because we just read that in the Bible. Because I read her, her little kid's Bible. And teaching her that they killed... Why did they <clears> kill <throat> Jesus? Because they didn't like him. They didn't want him to be around. But the good thing is, is that God woke him up. And he came out of the, out of the, out of the, the tomb. And that's why we celebrate Easter. Right. It's like, it's so important for us to teach our kids who Jesus is, why he is who he is, and how to have a relationship with him. Not just, we go to church. You know, I think, I'm going to take what you just said. The importance of, you know, in the Bible it says in the Old Testament, train up a child in the way that he should go. It is not that they won't leave God. They're going to, Mm. obviously. Right. You know what I mean? I think they, they feel as if they don't live. But when push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, there's certain things, certain boundaries they will not cross for fear of. Because they saw, they heard, they read, was preached to, and so there's a line It may be very, very thin, but that line is still there. And I believe it's Jesus that marked the line. Do you know what I mean? And so that's why it's so important to live Christ as much as you tell Christ to children. Because they have a cross to carry too. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And... But I think that's why it's so important to teach them how to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't know how to have a relationship to call on Jesus when they're afraid, how are they ever going to do that when they're older? And that's the truth. That's not going to... Jesus will be the last thing that they do if you don't teach them how to do it when they're toddlers. Because it's not just about, oh, we go to church on Sunday. Yeah, that's great. And you should. And they should see, you know, mom and dad or whatever, or just mom or just dad going. They should see their parent just doing it. But when they're at home and it's hard, do they see you worshiping? Exactly. Do they see you reading? Yep. Do they watch you when they may not understand the, the dynamics of the pain and the stress and what's happening actually in your lives, they may not know it, 
But they know there's something there because mom and dad are not okay. Right. Mom and dad are crying or but they see mom tucking away behind closed doors and you listen and you can hear her crying and praying or worshiping and crying out because listen when you go behind closed doors Trisha and you know this to be true we're not exempt we're actually it's on and popping for us you know what I mean so when you go behind closed doors and you've got tears because whatever and you put on worship and you worship Jesus the way you went in and the way you come out it's two totally different things you know that right. and I think it's really 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 important for kids to see that so so important I agree I mean I uh Last week talked about my youngest daughter having whatever that Sunday. I ended up um, (coughs) deciding to take her down to the altar. One of the leaders in my church had said it, and I was like, you know what? I don't even know why I didn't think about that. So I went back and forth with, do I take Octavia with me or do I keep her in the classroom? But I decided to take her. I wanted us to all go down as a family. So when I took Octavia out of the classroom, I said to her, I said, we're going to go down to the altar. We're going to go down and go see somebody. And we're going to pray with Parker. We're going to put our hands on Parker and we're going to pray for her. Amen. And we're going to pray that Jesus is going to heal her. Because we need Jesus to heal her. Yes. And she doesn't understand it. But I like, I want to tell her what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I'm believing, Octavia, I'm believing that Jesus is going to heal your sister. And she did. And she didn't understand it. And we all prayed with Parker and it was a powerful moment. But like, I think that that's important. Absolutely. Even at three years old, to talk and say and do and let her be a part of, you know? Yep. Yep. You know, the prayers of the righteous, and I don't mean this like it's going to come out, but there's more righteousness in a three-year-old than there is in grown people that are tattered with sin. Right. You know? Right. She hasn't really... Besides the common, no, right. she she doesn't have what we have, right. you know, and she doesn't really have a cross to bear and carry yet. It's in the making, right? It's in the making or it's already made. She's just not carrying it quite yet. Right. She is for a three year old, but not in the sense that we do, you know. But there's burdens that she carries even at three. Oh, yeah. You know? Like her dog dying. <clears throat> exactly. And she doesn't understand it, you know? She understands that you took the dog to the vet, and then when you came home and she's not there, so go back in your car or go back to the vet and get her. She said to me the other day, she said, can we just drive to, the, can we just drive to heaven? Yeah. I said, if it was only that easy, sweetheart. I said, unfortunately, we cannot. But Jesus is alive. That's what she told me. Yeah, you're right. Jesus is alive. But he's in heaven and we can't get there. Because our spirit has to go there. It's crazy. It's crazy what they understand. It is. And it's, cra- it's more crazy when they start asking questions and you're like, 
What? <laughs> I don't know, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so. <clears throat> this is just kicking it with Jesus, being sick and all. Podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, I was blown away by that. And I feel like God has, he has something to say about picking up your cross. Because two days in a row. Absolutely. I mean, two two times in a row. That's what I'm flipping to. And yeah, I don't know. I just flipped to Luke the other day and I, that's what I had in here. And I was like, what does Luke say? Oh yeah, because after I flipped to this a day or two after, I flipped open to, and I put this one here. In the beginning was the word. <clears throat> and the word was with God. <clears throat> and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart. From him, not one thing was created. That's that not had, Luke, that's John. Uh, John, that's what I meant. <clears throat> but I just think that's funny how. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I think that that... I find it ironic how John 1 and Genesis mm. are like back to back. It's beautiful. You know? the creation of everything and the creator fashioning into the womb of but then letting you know that the creator was always right always it's a beautiful thing i am uh, i said to you a little while ago someone asked about if there is no God then where did morality come from and who determines it and I found that so interesting we would determine it ourselves and that's exactly what I feel like God's been saying to me is that this world is self. It is. Everybody's self. And the, the more time goes on, the more that is. It's crazy. And it, and it is, everybody's losing their patience. Everybody's losing their love. Everybody's losing their compassion. And people they don't have it the thing is is though but they fake it though too because then it's like well whatever is true for you i'm happy for you whatever your truth is and whatever my truth is but where is the truth like what is truth then you know what i mean like where does it end <laughs> yeah did you really say that to me that's what i'm saying though i mean because you saw my facebook it was awful <laughs> <clears throat> just saying like if my truth and your truth and your truth Come and on. your truth they're all A just truth. truth then what is false what you're telling me that there is none everything is perfect then why is that loneliness still there why is this suicide rate in children right astronomical astronomical Right. That's what I want to talk about because, listen, 
If you trained up a child in the way that sh they should go, there would be a fear. They think that this heaviness, this weight of depression on them is going to go away when they die. Where is that coming from is my question. Hmm. Do we really want to answer that? Like, I know where it's coming from. But, like, I was just talking to my cousin about this, too, how... I said, did you know that there's people that still have never heard about Jesus? There's some people that will say that they've never heard about Jesus. And she was like, I know. She's like, I think her... I want to say it's her pastor that, like, sets up hot dogs at the, at the uh, school... And one time he dressed up like a hot dog and he just like hands out hot dogs to kids talking about Jesus. And he says, you know how many people, how many kids nowadays don't know Jesus, has never heard Jesus? You want to know why? Because, and I don't mean this bad, but especially your generation said, I'm not going to do that to my kids. I'm going to let my kids choose. Well, you never gave them a choice. You never gave them a choice in what they should believe. You let society, you let the enemy decide you, you mean, for you. You mean our parents said that? The yes. millennial parents? Yes. Yes. I agree. Because, and I get it, they didn't understand. So your generation went bonkers. Right. But their generation, so our parents' generation, their parents were extremely hard and very cut offish, right? So that's why that generation, my parents were like, well, let's just let them choose. Let them. And but I think that a lot of them did a lot of hands off approach yep. in the whole aspect of it. And now we have a bunch of millennials, us which I think is the best generation, that are like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Where are we going? But if you think about it, it's not my generation that's in school right now. Because that's the generation that's like, I've never even heard of Jesus. So you're I the mama. Have, I don't have a kids in high school. No, not even but. high school. Let's go let them now. I know. I just think that's crazy. Well, I don't think it's crazy. I understand it. Like, it's but awful. how could you not hear about Jesus, especially in America? Then I was listening to one of my new favorite pastors, and I've always said that I wanted to move to Montana. He's he's been a pastor for so long though. Listen, how you just found him is I don't crazy. Know. But I've always said I would love to move to Montana because I'd love to go to Fresh Life. Because I love Pastor Levi and his wife, Jenny. I just, I love them. And I do. I still love them. But I think I'd move to Arizona. It's probably hotter there and nicer there anyway. <laughs> Arizona's tough, though, with their new age. That's what he was talking about. Oh, my gosh. Pastor uh, Mark Driscoll. I like lo everything he's... Is, you want to know why? It's because he's talking about things that are relevant right now. Mm -hmm. Like, the seriousness of it. And it's black and white. There's no sugarcoating it. This is the truth. You don't like it? Okay, I'm sorry. Jesus said it. You know what I mean? Yep. I do. And 
I forget why uh, I'm sick, so I forget why I started saying that. <laughs> but I had something to say about Pastor Mike. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I can't remember. We're just having one of those nights. Everything that could go wrong before you got here did go wrong. Uh, Anyway, it's just been, you know. Oh, that's what I was saying. I was listening to Pastor Mark, and he was telling about... I was watching a sermon today, and it said... It was called, uh, Are You a True Christian? Hmm. I love the way he names things. It's just like, it's just funny to me. And he was going through, the sermon's really good. And he started talking about Jesus versus all the other religions. Jesus versus Buddha. Jesus versus Muhammad. Muhammad. Jesus versus even like... Or Allah, rather. Even the... Hindu. Hindus. Even the United... I might lose some followers here, but... United Pentecostal. Hmm. Like, I've, I know about the Pentecostal, but this, what he was talking about, this other, I don't know if it's a different Pentecostal, but the things that he was saying that they believe, I was like, I've never heard that. Anyway, he was talking about all these things, right? Talking about these religions, and then he stopped, and he started telling a story about when he was 20, and how he was baptizing. He baptized, like, 10,000 people in his 20s. And there was this guy, and they were all he wherever he was. I don't remember where he lived, but wherever he lived, he was preaching with like young kids that just were came from broken families, brokenness, all the stuff, right? This kid who got saved, who got saved, he came over and he started talking to Pastor Mark, and he's like, as soon as he started talking about his past and telling me about his past, something shifted in him. Something shifted in his eyes, something shifted in the way he talked, something shifted about everything about him was not him. He's like, so all I said was, who are you? And he responded saying, I'm the one teaching him this. And Pastor Mike's like, what's your name? And he said, my name is Jesus. And he's like, Jesus of Nazareth? And he's and he said, the, the dude cackled laughed in his face and said, no, not Jesus of Nazareth. I'm a different Jesus. And that just blew my mind when I tell you. Because it's straight up, and I know people aren't going to believe it, whatever, but it's straight up demons walking around here using his name and rallying up a bunch of people and saying, oh, well, it's Jesus. Yeah, but why does that shock you? It does shock me. Really? It does. Everything that Satan does. Yes, is counterfeit. Is but I mean like Really? You really? <clears throat> yep. Yep. That does not shock me at all. At all. But like can you even think like okay, so this demon and then it, it did, he did go into it. The kid came back into and started telling him, and Pastor Marco told him, he's like, everything that just happened, everything that you just said, he didn't even know. And, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't talk about this, but it, it is what it is. He said that he was, like, there was a demon possessing him. He ended, They ended up getting delivered, he ended up getting baptized, he ended up actually really submitting himself to the one true Jesus. But it's just like, we're walking around... Just allowing demons to just... We don't even care anymore. 
because we don't believe it to be actually true. We don't really believe that demons are really a thing. But why would we believe that demons are real when half the nation, if, if not most of the nation of the United States that was founded in biblical standards don't believe in Jesus Christ, nor do they want him. They don't want no God telling them what to do. Because of self. That's what it comes down to. And a lot of times, again, it what you can buy, what you can have, you gotta have better than you you know what I mean? You gotta get the job that makes the most money. And that's all you give your time to. What does it profit a man or woman or child to gain everything that you've ever wanted? Mm-hmm. And at the end of your life, you, when you, the Bible says that when you are absent from your physical body, right. you're in the presence of the Lord. And now all of a sudden, can I stay? I'm here. I don't know you. You know, somebody had said, and I'm going to wrap it up after this, but somebody had said, when you go into afterlife, that's when your life starts. And I can't stop thinking about that. That movie said that. Like After death. I can't stop thinking about that. Because you live maybe 100 years, right? Maybe. Maybe some people live to 100. And you thought that was your life. But then you end up in eternity. And that's when it begins. That's when your life begins. Like, I... I just said this to somebody yesterday. If I'm wrong and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and you're right and I just live my life and I do whatever and then I die and then, I don't know, I just float around the world or whatever or whatever and I don't have any consequences and then maybe I just get reincarnated. Then me following Jesus on earth didn't really matter because I'm, that's just my, it doesn't matter because there's no consequences, Right? But what happens if I'm right and you're wrong? Then it's too late. Do you ever think about that? No? Or are you that self-absorbed? And then I think about it's not them that's self-absorbed. It's this demon that's going around because I can see it clearly. In all people, let's just say that, including us. Right, right. Because there's moments where that happens to me and the Holy Spirit will be like, "Um, what are you doing? Right. It ain't about you. Right. Oh, yeah. Cut it out. For sure. Because our nature is to be selfish. Yeah. Just look at a toddler. Look at a baby. And we don't grow out of that. No, but we're not taught it. Right. That's just in us. Right. So anyway, if you listen to anything that we said today and you're like, oh, I have been hearing a Jesus and it's telling me to follow my path and follow my desires and what's going to make me happy, 
I really just challenge you to take a step back and look at that because it's not about us. It's about Jesus Come on. who came, died for us on a cross and rose again because eternity, he wants us to live with him. And this earth is only a short time, like the Bible says, like we're but a vapor. And now we're gone. You know, the one thing that, because you brought up that movie, the one thing that sticks out was every single person that had a near-death experience and was able to come back. They all said this, Trisha, they said, when they stepped out of their body and they all said the same thing, they could see themselves, their physical body, wherever it was, mm. they said it. It was like living for the first time when they were dead. Right. Their spirit man right. was alive for the first time. And this life was like a dream. Right. You know, like when you right. come up out of a dream and you open your eyes and you're like, that's the way it was. And I think to myself, the night that your grandmother passed away, nobody it was just your aunts in the room your dad and myself I walked in there I was in there for three minutes I watched her take her last breath and even though my eyes did not see her die I mean see her her spirit man I looked over at my sister-in-law Lori and my sister-in-law is going bye mom we love you oh, man. And it was just like, and so I closed my eyes. I could feel Jesus Christ in the room. And without exaggeration, I felt him in the room. I felt him step in the room and take her home. And the crazy thing is, the beautifulness of who Jesus is when she died, all of her kids are in the room. Not one of them cried. Not that they were joyful, but they had peace in their heart. It was like God just touched them. Right. They knew where she was. And it was just beautiful. Right. You know, and yesterday was her anniversary of being gone and, and being in heaven. And I thought about her a few times yesterday and I said to myself, I miss her laugh. She had like one of those distinct laughs. Auntie Kathy has it. Yeah. And um But I'll see her again. I know. Do you ever okay, we're we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> we're gonna have a part two because we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna do another episode tonight, but right before, but do you ever think about how awesome it's gonna be to see the people in heaven? other believers in heaven like I think about like certain people like I can't wait to talk to that person in heaven because that song got me through a hard time and like just seeing those other people you know what I mean not like in a way like oh I can't believe that you're here like just like worshiping alongside other believers you ever think about that I do how let's cool talk, that's going to be. Let's talk about that in part two. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in part two. So, 
I just want to say for this episode, if you are feeling like mm. you know the wrong Jesus, it's very easy. Jesus just says, follow me. You just admit to him that you're a sinner because we all are. Every day we're going to be sinners. Every single day we need him. We're going to be a sinner every day. We admit that to God. We admit that to Jesus. We admit that we know that he came here. He died a brutal death for us. And he he rose again and ascended into heaven. And we believe it in our heart. And we confess it with our mouth. It says in the Bible that, that we will be saved. Yep. And then your journey can with the real Jesus. <coughs> with the real Jesus can begin. Come on. So, Amen. Other than that, we'll see you on the flip side. In Jesus' name. Until next time. We're just kicking <laughs> it with Jesus. <laughs> God bless you guys. Uh.